0: Due to the coronavirus pandemic, we are continuing to record this podcast remotely for the safety of our guests and our team. So, on with the show. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions. Over three glasses of wine and I'm going to need more than a couple of bottles this week because I have five guests joining me and they have much to celebrate. Formed 23 years ago in the mid-90s via an ad in the stage newspaper, they beat off thousands of other auditionees to form a group that became the quintessential late-90s British pop act. They bought us unashamed infectious pop selling more than 25 million records and handography-packed dance routines, which thousands of us still replicate on a tipsy dance floor. They split for 10 years and went on to reform in 2017 and are back again with a new single, What the Future Holds, written by pop royalty Sia. There's a new tour for late 2021 and their sixth album is on its way. So let's dial up Claire, H, Faye, Lisa and Lee from Steps. <laughs> I'm speaking to all of you from, like, Lisa, you're in Dubai, H, you're in Wales, Claire and Lee, you're in London. How the hell are you?
1: We're good. Good. We're good, thank you, Kate. We're excited
0: to to be back and boy oh boy are you back have you seen how much social activity you almost broke the internet when you announced this tour it was mad (laughs) oh right yeah breaking
2: the internet but it was it was nice to get a number one on itunes within an hour
0: exactly (laughs) quite
2: fun
0: especially when you consider that when you started 23 years ago the internet wasn't really a thing Yep. I know it's true. Do you remember I've just um I've just been digging out some pictures of a trip that we all did where we went to Chicago with Britney Spears. My question is why were we there? I can't remember. We were touring with Britney. We were touring, we were touring
1: with Britney Spears. <gasps> we went yeah, to <laughs> Canada with her. <laughs> And we and did we karaoke had- that night, Claire. We went to karaoke, didn't we? What, where was my birthday. I think yeah. it was your birthday. It was karaoke
0: and tequilas yeah, were involved.
3: Karaoke Clara.
0: <laughs> anyway, I remember it well. We were brighter, tighter, leaner and meaner. But 23 years on, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> still here. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that. Chin, chin. Now listen, in, in March, as the country was plundered into... A, a lockdown, you guys were about to come out of the traps with the new single, written by Sia, no less, announced this tour and your, is it your sixth album now? I think it is. Yeah, it's sixth like studio
4: album, isn't it? Like, not counting the greatest hits. We had two greatest hits and then one good, oh, oh, you know, lost count. A lot. But,
2: um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, it is yeah.
4: Many. Six without
2: the greatest hits. yeah, you're right. Because we've got The Buzz, we've got Step One, um, we've got Tears On Dance Floor, we've got Light Up The World.
5: Spectacular.
2: Spectacular. We've and What The Future Holds, that's about six, isn't it?
5: Oh, look, Faye here! Hi. hi. Oh, my, I'm just such a technophobe. I'm so rubbish. Anyway, hi, sorry. Faye, first things
3: first, get a wine in your hand. One Come time. on, cause this is white wine a Wine. So get a wine. Bloody
0: will. She's straight off to the (laughs) fridge. Right, are you ready? We've all got our wine. There's five of you here. This is super exciting. Um, I've devised three questions and each question is designed to be debated and discussed over a glass of wine. Wine's at the ready. We've established that you've released six studio albums but two greatest hits, right? I want to plunder some of your greatest hits in terms of your moments in the band. So if each of you had to select one moment that you cherish and love above all others, what would your greatest step hit moment be? I
2: was just gonna say, for me, I always just jump straight to winning the Brit Award. I just think that's a moment that stands out over everything you've done for me personally, because it was an achievement and it was an acknowledgement. And it was all our hard work feeling, you know, like it was worth it, really, at the end of the day. So I think for me, a standout moment. There's obviously quite a few, but the Brit Award is one of them, definitely.
0: Now, there was a bit of controversy around that, wasn't there?
2: Yeah, well, there was. We should have won it the year before, to be honest. Um, And then Bell and Sebastian kind of stole it from us. We still don't know how. Yeah, the year after, we were the biggest selling tour act. So I think they gave us that instead. And again, if they couldn't really take that off us, because we were the biggest selling tour act that year. So there you go.
0: I remember Pete Waterman being so indignant that year that he demanded a recount. Yes, about Bell did. and Sebastian, <laughs> didn't he?
4: Yeah,
2: shame it didn't happen.
0: They,
4: they shouldn't have even been in the category because I think they'd had about ten albums before that they were in. They won that award. God, everybody was so
0: shocked. Um, so Lee's coming straight out of the traps with something quite controversial. He's he's challenging the Brits. He's saying Bell and Sebastian's you you were robbed by them. But you're right. That was a lovely moment. The year after, when you stood up on that podium, and there was no denying it, was there, Lee? You'd sold more tickets that year than any other act in the UK.
2: Yeah, we were. I think we were the biggest touring live act that year. So if there was an award for that, we we deserved it. And I don't think anyone could take that away from us. And we're proud of our tours. You know, we've always said our tours are our baby, and we like putting on a good show. So you know, that's that's the one thing we're all here for. We're all performers. We like to sing and dance, and we like to make people happy. So it was it was a nice achievement.
0: Okay, so that, that there you get. He's, 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 he's literally, if any of you were going to have the Brits as your moment, he's stolen it from you, like <laughs> Bell and well, Sebastian. The
1: thing is that <laughs> there was only there was only one Brit. This this is the irony, and we we all had to buy our own Brit Awards. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. A, we did.
4: I'm not paying and for H, a Brit. H refused. H refused. Yeah, it was
3: five. I'm not paying £500 for an award that they give us. No.
0: Yeah, but it's probably worth double now. So, so hold them. on. They gave the band one award and then the other four of you had to buy a replica. There's Claire's got it. Look at that. She's got a Brit
2: out. it is.
0: Get your Brits out. Get your Brits it's out, the same
2: it's with any award, though, isn't it? You're, you're only ever given one award.
4: I don't know who got the actual original award, though, because I
1: bought mine. I bought mine. Yeah. I, bet it was I think H H has got it
0: because he refused to buy it
1: because he knew he was going to get the free one.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretending oh. all these years. Oh look! Oh.
0: You've got That's your funny. smash hits awards out. The funniest person, oh, in, look funniest in, that. person in pop. <laughs> the funniest person. The funniest so person funny. in pop. Oh my Petunia god! Funny, I bet. I bet. Mark Owen was, was turning in his retirement grave at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Claire, what was your what is what is your greatest hit moment in the band? Oh God, you know what? There's so many. And I think apart from probably
4: when we came back with Tears on the Dance Floor last time and the tour we did last time, I think, and I always say this, but probably the first time we played Wembley for the like headlined our own show at Wembley Arena, because mostly because i'd spent quite a lot of my teenage years working there i was the steward i used to i used to turn up after school and queue up to to try and get the best spot in the arena with my high-vis with my high-vis jacket on and show people to watch i was the most rubbish steward though at that time like period of take that and god who else did i do i can't remember what other concerts i did i used to do a lot of take that concerts and a lot of prince concerts and Used to have to tell people to get down off their chairs. And like, excuse me, excuse, excuse me, excuse me. Can you just get down off your chair, please? And no one, everyone, <laughs> everyone day, me. and take people's snappy snap cameras off them and stuff when you were when you were allowed to do that. Um, so yeah, I think that was probably and when we played it for the first time on our own in our dressing room, which was the meant to be the star dressing room, but they're all a bit grotty, Um the lady who ran all the stewards, she wrote me a little note. And by that point, they would they had polo shirts. They didn't have high-vis anymore. They had polo shirts, and she left me a polo shirt oh. and a little note saying, three things, that's six. And I know none of us believed you all those years ago, but well done on actually doing what you said you were going to do. So oh.
0: that was- That's a lovely I- 360 moment, isn't it? It's a bit like Peter Kay, because yeah. he used to be a steward at the Manchester Evening News Arena, and then went on to break records as a stand-up, selling out night after night. Yes. That's lovely. Right, Dubai. Let's go to Dubai, Lise. I would probably say our first number one, which was
1: tragedy. And the one of the reasons it was so memorable, obviously apart from it being the first, was because it hadn't, if, I mean, that my memory's not the best and Claire's is brilliant, so she'll be able to put me up on this. But um, if I remember rightly, we'd all gone away for Christmas and we were having a, a little holiday, which we, you know, we we haven't really had much of them um, separately, I might add. We were all with our friends and family, and what have you. And and then I, I remember I was on holiday and I got the call that we'd got to number one. And if I remember rightly, it was the first number one. Was it now? What year would this be? 1999? 1999.
4: 1999.
2: First number one in
1: 1999, wasn't it? Yeah. 1999. Yeah. And, it's,
4: and it was number one nine weeks after. It was that's, right. that's right. And so
1: it, we, we didn't expect it. And I was almost like, oh, what a shame one holiday because you want to all celebrate together. But that was so memorable. And I think people always remember that tragedy, you know, obviously it's at the Bee Gees and they wrote it and they, they thanked us because we'd actually sold more than I think they had when, when they released it. Um, and it was just a memorable year because I'd literally just... I was just meeting Johnny as well that year in the February of ninety nine and we were doing our first tour and it was It was just yeah a really memorable year and and I felt like we 'd kind of gone up to the next level at that point because we were about to tour, we had our first number one, so that that really sticks out in my mind.
0: I think life had changed massively for you lot by then because five, six, seven, eight was a one single deal. And I know that you were living hand to mouth as a band, like 50 quid a week allowance, and you had to pay everything out of that. And then suddenly, by the time tragedy dropped, you were backed by Pete Waterman. There was a proper, I mean, you, 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 were, you were endorsed as, a, as, as an actual act, and but everything started to change for me. you. And was <laughs> it wasn't 50 quid a week? Yeah, we were still on
3: yeah. fifty quid for like a year, a year and a half more. Yeah, definitely.
4: And and we didn't start making any money until right after that first theatre tour, really. Which so we'd been going nearly over two years before we actually earned any yeah. money. Wow.
1: Wow. Wow. We all lived together. And, we we were flatmates as well to try yeah. and make the budget go a bit further. <laughs> Used to stay in hotels.
4: No, sorry. sorry, hotels. You. No, I was just going to say. <laughs> oh. Oh. I was just gonna say you shared the flat and you the, the guy whose flat it was was the one of the people that put us together and he still used to all that money for rent as well he used to make you pay even though it was we were in his the band that he helped put together, didn't he?
0: Yep. So he he was oh, double dipping. We were
4: oh.
0: Okay, we were <laughs> so school. <laughs> Not we didn't have
3: two pennies to rub together. When we did um promotion in different countries um, we used to uh, travel to Europe quite a lot. And we used to make sandwiches at breakfast time to last us through the day because we literally had nothing. we? Anyway, I, I remember- I still do <laughs> that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Faye, what's been your greatest hit moment? Oh, there's, there's a couple,
5: um, but I think um, probably um, when we toured with Brittany, Her hit me baby one more time tour which was her first tour and for us to be a little old band little uh 90s pop group from uh you know the uk to then go on tour with britney um that's what really felt like wow, we've made it, we're actual pop stars now. It was quite a a big, big moment. And then to be sort of hobnobbing with other people, you know, um, Justin Timberlake would come into the canteen because he was dating Britney at the time. We hung out with David Hasselhoff and some of NSYNC at some point. Um, It was all, and then we went and did the, um, Fox Teen Awards, um, and J.Lo was there, and uh, Steve Tyler was there. And, you know, it was just, it was a moment, um, I think, when it was like, pinch pinch yourself. We've actually, you know, we're there. We're doing it. We're actually amongst these people. We're part of this industry.
0: You had a proper tour bus by then as well, didn't you? Because I came out and interviewed you in Chicago on the Britney tour. And I remember you all being really giddy that you had an actual bus that wasn't a mini bus. See,
1: we didn't have hotels.
0: We we lived on it, didn't we? For three
1: months, we we toured America yeah. and Canada on that tour bus. That's that's that was our touring hotel. Um, although H didn't join us on the tour bus, he was Not in her <laughs> private jet. What oh, wait, you went on hard. Britney's well, private so, jet?
3: You know what? The reason was initially that I mean I suffered dreadfully with sleep just hideously and we were expected to sleep on this bus it was a sleeper bus and i just oh my god it was and it was horrendous even for the per- people that could sleep it was horrendous wasn't it mm-hmm. so i made friends with britney and felicia her pa and rob her bodyguard and i traveled i ended up traveling a lot with britney on a jet with her mum
0: and her sister <laughs> sorry oh my god what? <laughs> Did you not try to get the rest of them on? But,
4: uh, but yeah. literally no. Literally, no, it
3: didn't. It was so small. Uh,
1: but you know what? <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> not you know sorry. But, <laughs> no,
3: it's
1: it's okay. I think at the time we were all a bit like, ooh, you know. But um, it's fine. And at the end of the day, we were having so much fun. And I remember being on that tour bus. We would perform in, you know, a state in America. And we'd literally get back on the tour bus have a few drinks and see some of the britney's dancers and things like that and then we would travel through the night sometimes to the next you know neighboring state or the next city and then we'd get up and sound check and see britney and catering and then get on stage and do it all over again so it, it was really memorable it was i think it was about what's three months wasn't it it was
0: quite in my head it was three months <laughs> um, except h apart from jetting around America with Brittany, Felicia, Rob, her personal bodyguard and her parent. Uh, What has been your greatest hit moment as a member of Steps?
3: Like Faye said, um, we've had so many incredible opportunities and memorable moments. I mean, I've got two, I'll say one briefly because that's up there for all of us. It was when all of our children joined us on stage on the last, Ah. which was just, you know, phenomenal. And uh, my second moment, uh, which I've, I've, I rarely mention, but it, it's so iconic to me. Um, I just remember, it was Wembley Arena, and I remember uh, doing tragedy and literally looking over to the to the right and seeing Don French, Jennifer Saunders, Julie Walters, Victoria Wood, Celia Emery, Lenny Henry, Adrian Edmondson, literally my comedy heroes. Do you guys remember this? And they were all there eating popcorn and doing tragedy. It was
1: just iconic. Do you know what, you're reeling all those names off, and I'm like, I'm just so glad that I'm in the band, because everyone fills in the gaps, you know? Like, you can yeah. can't remember everything. And we, all, we all remember different memories. Getting changed, and, and I had a knock on the
3: dressing room, and they said, oh, you've got some visitors. I was like, I wasn't expecting anybody. And Judy Walters and Victoria would have blagged their way backstage <laughs> to come and see us. It was brilliant. How cool is that?
0: Best of times. What have been the toughest times in a as, as a band in terms of the challenges that you've had to overcome? And I'm not just talking about your differences maybe with each other, but business, the realities of trying to stay around for three, four decades. So, but you know, like this just the challenge of staying power for Christ's sake. Um, so what have been what have been the the dig deep moments? Do you know what I think
4: when we we did the reunion in 2011 and 12 which was great and we had a different management then and it was only kind of towards the back end of that and coming out of that that i think we suddenly started to realize or i did that things weren't quite right and actually the way the business used to be run when we were in our early 20s when we were with pete waterman and pwl and jive where we were pretty much just puppets that were told to go here, there and everywhere. What time are we getting picked up? What time are you going to bed? What time can you eat? What time are you performing? That was our life for four and a half years. Yeah, by that point, I think some of us, we'd got married, some of us had started to have families and it was that I felt a massive difference in the way I felt about how I felt like we should be treated and how we should be paying attention and running our actual own business because being in a pop group it's great but ultimately it is a business and and it's our business and if nobody else is going to pay attention to the fine detail then we can't be upset if we don't so I've it, that's been quite hard for me to try and get my head around a lot of that side of it and and to probably be the one that's even more annoying than usual because I asked so many questions about that side of it I think we kind of with the reunion situation I think it wasn't an ideal scenario and I think we were taken for a little bit of a ride but I kind of made a bit of a vow never to let that happen again so I mean now we've got great management and they're used to us asking a million questions
0: yeah I mean they're hard lessons to learn aren't they Claire when you come back and you 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 put your trust in people and then that trust feels misplaced you feel angry and a bit of a mug yeah, and I
4: think, do you know what, if we had paid more of it, more attention back in the day, I think we would have got to have got to this point a lot, lot sooner than we did. But I think we were allowed to be played off of each other quite a lot.
5: I think we were um, discouraged from asking questions about the business side of things um, because then uh, we wouldn't have input. Maybe then management could maybe control the situation more than we would kind of, just be pawns in the game rather than, you know, business partners um, and have any decisions. It was just too many chefs for them, maybe. Um, but it's so nice and Claire actually um, has, or did massively, uh, a very huge step in um, leading the business side of things when we went independent last time round. Um, and all the questions that I probably wouldn't have asked, um, Claire's very savvy, so we're actually very lucky. But um, she was on top of it <laughs> because it obviously benefits us all. But um, I think you have uh, Claire has um, a, a, maybe a wider experience and range of um, knowledge from the record industry as well, because Claire was there before us, um, and also has family and friends who are still within it. So probably you can ask the right questions or the right people. But it. Definitely Benefited
0: us. I mean, it does help that I'm really bloody nosy. Yeah, (laughs) but it's it's not just just that, though, is it? Claire, you know, I think once if you've been bitten once, then you go in armed and you arm yourself with questions. And also, the business has changed so much. You know, when you launched, it was all about CD sales. You know, you were always on CD UK. Well, now it's all about streams. The world's changed. And we've yeah. all got kids to feed. So as much as it's nice to be like, "Hey, leave it to the leave the business to the business people," you just can't afford to do that anymore, can you?
4: No, and knowledge is power. Ultimately, I think, and I, there really is no better feeling than when somebody's kind of tapping your arm and going, "Don't you worry about that, dear," and trying to brush you off in a way where they think you haven't got a clue what you're talking about, and when you can kind of, you turn around and you you you're armed with the right knowledge or you can and you can counteract <laughs> yeah you can kind of go well actually i know that this is this is actually the fact and that is actually fact and it always throws people a little bit so i do or even if you dare to ask a question that they wouldn't expect you to ask because you know your your job is to just go and perform and sing and 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 look shiny and don't ask questions exactly but that's just not. And it's taken. It's taken a long time to kind of get to the point where I actually, I know I don't care anymore. If I want to ask a question, I will ask it because I feel like it's yeah. our business So we love to know the correct answer and the truth as well. I can't bear being lied to. That is my biggest bugbear. So, I, I, hopefully, we are at a really good point now where we are.
0: We are partners. We're not just horns in it anymore good for you good for you yes you i love that because there was so much of that going around in the 90s there really was um that kind of you know yeah. the manufactured pop acts i mean since the
5: motown days you know i mean it's it's not a new thing and the casting couch and everything that goes along in this industry it's not a new thing and it never will be it probably won't go away but it's really nice to encourage people and and to say ask questions it's you it's your life it's your job it's your career you must ask questions Mm
0: -hmm. absolutely right looking back now do you think that your bank balance would be in ruder health had you asked more questions i think i i definitely
4: think there was probably things that we should have paid more attention to back in the day and and in regards to all our peers i think we actually did all right we we weren't on a wage we did earn money and we worked really hard i think that's a lot of people don't really know about us or they don't think they just think we were some kind of novelty act but we worked hard we probably sacrificed quite a lot of international Touring because we really concentrated on the UK because we wanted to tour. That's where we made our money. But now when we go on tour, I'm literally on the budget, constantly going, "What's this? What's this? What's this?" Why have you spent twenty-four pound on a water bottle when and twenty pound of that's delivery? I mean, it's pathetic. I, I honestly can't even begin to imagine what we may have had in our bank accounts that we've just wasted because nobody was really paying attention. It was all, you know, it was about the private jets and it was about chauffeur-driven cars everywhere it wasn't it, nobody thought about the cost at all the record companies were like that as well it was just a free-for-all and and then it got to a point where the record companies realized they just couldn't do that anymore because the business had changed and the money just wasn't there anymore so it's all shrunk so if we'd have all been a bit more careful 23 years ago then who knows
5: i think careful on, on a large scale but i think um uh, we were made. Well aware, right at the beginning, that what you spend, you have to recoup before you earn your money. So, whereas a lot of the other pop bands, from what we saw, um, seem to be spending a lot of money and doing all these amazing things, whereas we were, we were a little bit tight and penny pinched ourselves because we were aware of it. You know, when uh, I think was it. uh, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm sure it was Boyzone that we had a tour bus after them, and they'd had um, a sunbed put on it or something, and oh, we would
4: yeah, go, yeah, that, yeah you.
5: For that. No, swap something else in, and you know, just <laughs> yeah. things like that. You know, brilliant. But um, oh, yeah, that's yeah,
0: brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> Thank that is so 90s. Boys don't have a sunbed on their tour bus. Lee, what, Lee, what were your biggest um, kind of dig deep moments? I don't, I don't
2: really know. I think for me, it's more like Claire touched on it then. It's like people probably didn't realise how hard we worked. Um, and, it, you know, it kind of was like 16 hour days every single day and we didn't really get a day off. There was no that sort of, oh, it's Monday morning feeling or yay, yeah, it's Friday evening feeling. You know, there was, there was none of that because a day was a day for us. It didn't matter if it was a weekend or a weekday, we just carried on and we worked through. If anything, weekends are probably more for us because of the SMTVs and all the things like that. So, and I think we didn't really get get the recognition, dare I say, that we kind of deserved for all the work that we were doing. Um, not, I don't just mean by like the success of a single going number one or top five or whatever, but you're right, it was like that five, six, seven, eight, oh, it's just a novelty act. They're not gonna do anything, they're not gonna go anywhere. And then, you know, we've got hit after hit, a successful album, then another successful album. It was almost like, this is what I felt anyway, personally. It was like, when's it going to turn? When's the page going to turn and people are going to go, you know what, actually, these guys, they work hard. They're quite good at what they do and they're having success. So, you know, praise them. Well done. Keep it going. We I felt we never really got that from the press or the industry or anything like that. Um, that may have may have helped it in the long run, you know, with hindsight. It's probably good not to be all over the press, but... I felt because of the hard work we were doing, we needed a bit more praise from it, from people around us, and we never really got that. Um, and I agree with what Claire says, you know, you've got to, you've got a penny pinch, you've got to look at everything, not just within contracts and things, but in, in our own lives and just try and stay as sane as possible, you know, because it is hard work and you do push your families away, you do travel. And we've only got the five of us, really, because at the end of the day, we had management, we had a label, but were they on our... Were they on our side 100% back then, really? Were they? Who knows? You know, it was the five of us that were really working it. And only the five of us know what it's like to be in Steps and to have that experience for all those Mm -hmm. years. So yeah, I think that's what it was for me. It was just a, a little bit of reality check.
0: When you say you you need to, you, you felt like you deserved that recognition, actually your fan base is amazing and it's still here decades on, helping you to sell out tours. And actually they're the most important people because the people that you were probably looking for affirmation from, probably aren't even working in the music industry anymore.
2: Yeah, no, you're right, you're absolutely right, 100%. And without the fans, we wouldn't be here. And we've always said that, you know, for us, be it a song that you put on the radio, your, your CD, your tape, your vinyl, whatever it's gonna be these days. <laughs> um dream it you know the, the fans are there and, and they've been there from day one and, and we love them for it and that's why we put on the shows that's why i said at the beginning you know our cause are our babies because that's what we're about we're about performing and we don't do it to ourselves do we we perform for the fans we want to put on a great show we want everybody to have a good time so oh, yeah it's you can a great our- show your
0: shows it's exactly. a night out it's a proper night out and you don't there's no point buying a seat because you don't sit down you dance all night it's brilliant oh, you know what?
4: We say this the
2: other day, why, why have seats at our gigs? You're talking about COVID and that nowadays. Take the seats out, everyone will stand up and dance have fun anyway, because that's all they do. That's and that's what it's about.
0: Absolutely. Now, H, your, your beautiful boys have come home, so I know that this, this podcast is gonna now, from here on in, be a challenge for you. Um, and we are talking about those challenging moments, the dig deep moments. Um, hello, boys, by the way. Hi. Hi, <laughs> darling, hello. <laughs> Um, What have been your most challenging
3: moments within the group? You know, I think um, that we've been very fortunate in our career. Um, Oh, gosh. Two seconds. (laughs) In our career to have (laughs) tremendous (laughs) highs, but also incredible lows. I I mean, I I know I have. Max, please, Daddy. Max, Daddy's talking, please.
0: Max, Max, Max max, max <laughs> come here come here come here max see if you can be quiet for 30 seconds and then i'll tell you what i'll let your daddy go early all right how's that ready on your marks get set go i remember
3: a really low point for me um was when um we didn't know what country we were we were waking up in our schedule was so incredibly intense you know, we would do 24-hour days sometimes. Like Faye said, you know, we were, and Lee, I just said, we were promoting up and down the country all hours of the day. And I remember a really low point for me was when we were in Australia. And I and I think, I don't know what it was back then, but now looking back on it, I was probably having a little mini breakdown and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And I was just crying and sobbing my heart. What was I it? You not... Overwhelmed? Just overwhelmed, overworked. I'm um, at the time as well, you know, I was under a lot of pressure because... I wasn't being my authentic self. I was still in the closet, so I still felt a massive pressure. Um, I felt the media were kind of on my back, trying to out to me a little bit as well. So, you know, it, it was a really hard time for me personally and professionally. Um, and but I remember from that point-
5: point. Well, And the different time zones and trying to, you know, you know, suddenly work for 24 hours, I haven't even slept.
3: Yeah, and I remember from that point onwards, we actually sat down and went, right, We're not puppets. You can't treat us like this anymore. We need designated time off. We need, if we work up a solid month, you give us a week off. You know, we we literally worked in a structure like that just for our own sanity. And up until that point, we didn't realize that we could actually speak up and be heard because we just went along. We just felt like puppets for a long time, didn't we?
4: That was the last time time we flew a company anywhere. I remember that. Wasn't it after that we went, no, we can't? Because we arrived, at like six o'clock in the morning and by ten o'clock we were having t- on a photo call on the the steps of the county hall or something
5: I can remember right in the beginning days uh, when we only had like one uh, car to travel in and because I lived the furthest down south in London I'd be picked up at two o'clock in the morning and then dropped off at two o'clock in the morning because we'd be everybody else's houses too. So I was like, first pickup and last drop off. I mean, we, we endured a lot, to be honest, to get where we are and well done to us for doing it and staying sort of fairly sane along the way, you know. Yeah, it's, say, it's I can
1: tell you another story about Australia though. <laughs> we we'd had a long, long journey. And the rest of the guys went to bed. Yeah. And me and Faye were sharing a room on that on that occasion and we'd been given yeah. a little hamper and there's, you know, a little few miniatures in there. So we, you know, had a few of those and and, and it, it must have been about ten or eleven at night. And we went out, the two of us, and we went clubbing and we went and we just thought, you know, first time in Australia, we were so excited and we went to see all these different, like I say, clubs and what have you. And we literally, we I think we beat the jet lag because we we just woke. I mean, and we just, stayed away. No,
5: there, there was poor there was poor H who who couldn't sleep, and we chose not to sleep. We were like, "Come on, Australia, what you have got?" <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there was definitely some
0: really incredible times around the world as well. Really were. But I think people underestimate the the mental toll that that experience can take, especially when you're constantly jet-lagged. And it sounds great to travel the world, but when you're doing it in economy, landing in Australia, you're on camera four hours later, and you haven't stopped for months, I can get why you felt that you'd hit a wall, H, and that you needed to pause.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And we, I mean, for years, we literally were run ragged. And we went with it because we were so incredibly successful. But there comes a time where you have to go, right, my health is more important than this success. Mm. And from that point onwards, we we started to look after ourselves and each other as a band. And we were stronger for it from that point on as well.
0: And Liz, what, what have been your most challenging times? Well, I was just loving it all, to be honest. <laughs> I was just you know, you? really...
1: Yeah, I, I really did. You know, people say to to me now when we're doing interviews, oh, but you're enjoying it more this time. And I'm like, well... I actually really enjoyed it the first time out, and I did. And, you know, of course, there were moments where we were shattered. And, um, you know, I remember going to sleep somewhere and waking up, you know, in a different hotel room every day, thinking, yeah. well, where was the toilet and what country are we in? You know, you literally, I remember being on stage oh, no, and uh, no. H saying, Hello, Taiwan, and I was like, "It's Japan. We're in Japan." <laughs> I completely <laughs> got the wrong, the wrong city because we didn't know where we were. Um, you know, and I think for me, I've just I've loved every minute of it, and it's the laugh say, laughter after um, that gets me through.
2: Didn't he yeah. say, "I love your leaning tower," and we were in Rome or somewhere like that?
1: Oh, I he, there's, there's, yeah, yeah there's Sorry, so many, Harry. there's so many examples of where he's a. Uh, you Know he, he's made a, a, a faux pas, but yeah, I, I just think for me, yeah, there's you know, there's been tough times, but I will always remember the fun times and the laughter and like all the memories we have. And, and even now, when we get together, you know, I still it back to being a 20 something, and um, I'm still like, oh, I don't going out, you know, we've had our hair and makeup done, anyone fancy going out? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> there's still very much when you've had your hair and makeup done, you want to go out and you want you know, you you feel you feel nice and you kind of want to um go for dinner or go for some drinks or what have you or normally go to a gay bar, which is what I normally do. But I you know, I, I do enjoy it and like and I'm I'm glad that, you know, we're we're still here to tell the tale twenty three years on. I feel very blessed. Very lucky. We you know, we all we all are to be here.
0: almost as many years apart as you have together. And I wanted to know what were the greatest takeouts and lessons from your time away from the group in, I suppose, what you might term your downtime or real lives?
3: Best lesson, don't leave.
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant.
3: Do you know what, I always say that I I don't, yes, there's an element of regret in it, but they were moments and decisions that were made because of uh, things that happened at the time. So it's easy to say, I regret that. And There's a certain part of me that does regret, um, but you, you can't change history. I will always, and Lisa says this, um, I, and Lisa always says, we will always own our history. We'll always own our past. And I totally honor that. I think we are who we are and we are where we are because of what we've done in the past. And I think we are back bigger and stronger because of, All of those issues that we find out, I do. And these guys are not just friends, they are family. I always say they're brothers and sisters that I never had. And, you know, and we are stronger together.
0: So guys, your time away from the band, your time back in the real world where you're not X from steps, what have been the the, the greatest lessons that you've learned in your your downtime? So so for me, I think um,
5: when we were initially the band, in the first chapter, let's say, Um, I think that um, I felt, and I don't know if the others feel the same, but you kind of lose yourself a little bit because you become a part of something else. And um, I felt like uh, once we were disbanded um, and I then had to sort of search for another career and um, my uh, life circumstances changed um, with um, the fact that I got divorced Um, well, I got married and divorced, Um, (laughs) and moved on. But I actually, um, I really found myself, and um, it took a long time to figure out who Faith from Steps was and who Faith from Dunstable um, really is and um, all the things that come in and around that. But I think that was probably a really, really healthy thing that um, I discovered or I took the time to sort of embrace and... um, Yeah, embrace is a good word, you know, from all your goods and all your bads and everything else that happens in between. So um, I think that was a really healthy thing. And now we come back as a group, I think, you know, I can support everybody with a healthy mind and say, you know, you go off and do your thing in between steps and go, yeah, I'm supporting you. I'm rooting for you. I'm not comparing myself to you. And um, yeah, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've gained. And if we hadn't have disbanded at that time, I don't think we'd be here today and, and the people that we are today with the strengths that we have because of what happened. So so I think um, in hindsight, you know, I think maybe this was all just meant to be. Oh,
0: It's a lovely philosophical way to look at it, because I know there are tough times when you have to stop identifying yourself through work. And we all do that. It's not just not just you guys, but you have to find yeah. a new identity and a new purpose, and that's that. That's that's hard. What about you, Lee?
2: Um, I think I kind of agree with Faye as well, that you are, I always say there's two hats, and like you put your Steps hat on and you become the pop star again, and you work in Steps, and then you take that off and you put your other hat on, which is like the, the real Lee. Um, and I actually do think the real Lee is very different to Lee from Steps, if I'm really honest. Um, but I always saw it as a job, I went for an audition, I got the job. Um, I tried to do the job the best way possible. And over the years now, the job has become my life because Steps has just become everything. And, you know, it is it is what we live and breathe. And you said a minute ago, using that, what's it like to lose that Lee from Steps or that Lisa from Steps, or whatever it may be. We're never going to lose that. That's never gone. Even when Steps ended the first time round. you walk down the street, you're still Lee from Steps. Your your surname disappears, you know, and, and Steps yeah. become... <laughs> it, it really does. Yeah. You are Lee from Steps. And everyone's going, "Oh, Lee, how you doing?" I'm like, "Yeah, how are you? I'm, do I know you? Have we met? You know, you just you haven't got a clue." But you're polite and you get on with it. And it is finding yourself, I think, in the real world, and that's mm. what's important. I still don't know if I find myself. If I'm really honest, um, I think I'm still searching to some degree. But for me, it was, "Am I an actor?" Because I've done musical theatre, I've done movies, I've trained at theatre school. Um, am I a pop star? Because I've been in Steps for so many years. Am I a martial artist? Because I've done martial arts since I was nine years old. Am I a PT fitness expert? I, I, I don't know where I was going. I don't know what was going on. This amazing thing was kind of taken away from me. And it was really sort of like, well, who are you, Lee? What what are you going to do in your life? And yeah, I think we do find ourselves, but it takes time. You have to be very honest um, and look mm-hmm. yourself in the mirror and go, what am I actually not very good at? What am I trying to do here that isn't going to work? And what am I good at? What can I focus on to benefit other people, to help myself and others around me? And I think that's the most important thing. And when you find that, then it will really work and your, your your life gets heightened. And I think at the moment, it's, yeah, it's finding those things. So for me right now, I do see myself, I can honestly say I'm a performer. I like to act. I like to sing and dance. But fitness is also a huge part of my life as well. And it's just combining that and making it all work. And I think that's where I am. And I think that's that's how it's worked, steps and a big part of helping me find that because of what happened, like Faye said. Um, if it didn't happen, who knows where we would be. I'm not sure we would be here. Um, but it did, and it's a good thing, I think. And a good thing is looking at yourself in the mirror and being honest to who you are.
0: Very, very... Well thought out answer. Thank you, Lee. Because it oh, is yeah, right. We're all we're all a work in progress, so aren't we? You know, the moment you say yeah. yeah, I'm done, you're kind of deluding yourself, aren't you? Claire, what about you? What have been your your life lessons away from being Claire from steps? Um,
4: God, I don't do you know what, as Lee said, you're never really not Claire or Lee or Faye or Lisa or H from Steps. You're always in some form or another. And for me, that is my it's kind of my alter ego, if you like, and I've realised that now. I'm not the same person on stage as that I am at home. I'm really not. I'm complete opposite. So it's it's like this. Claire from Steps is a costume and a face that I put on when when we're together and when we're working or when I'm in a situation where I have to be on. I suppose, if you like, I am. Um, I always struggled a little bit with the that side of it. I love singing. That's what what I wanted to do is what I always wanted to do. But from the moment the band, since we split or I left or whatever you want to say we did, it was, there was a a really long 10 years, if you like, that was pretty much no man's land for me for, for quite a long time. I think having kids changed me a lot and it helped me prioritize Things over myself, I suppose. I don't. I, I don't regret leaving the band. I, I know H says that he does have regrets, but I don't because for and I will and I will be honest and say that because I think if I say I regret it, then it's it me saying that I made a mistake. And for at the time, it was what I felt that I had to do to to make myself feel normal or happy or to not feel trapped anymore I think that's probably the biggest thing and I spent a long time really I didn't have a clue who I was I didn't have a clue I went I, you know I lost weight gained weight lost weight gained weight so many times and it, it that was my way of not being in steps I suppose even though it was my choice to be so I can't I can't say I ever regret anything because I do believe everything happens for a reason, and I made that decision for a reason. I still stick by all of it, and I think that I—it's made me a very different and a better person for it. I think much more grounded. I don't—I I do put a lot in things happening for a reason, and I've, I've kind of looked at that throughout the last however many years. I don't—I—I I didn't really think about that when I was young. But I, d- I do think about it a lot now and I, d- and I don't think we would be here if we hadn't have split. I think it would have all just exploded at some point. And, and I would much rather be here now than struggling through a bit longer back then.
0: I think there's so many valuable lessons that have been learned. And, you know, like, like, you don't learn through the successes in life. The greatest lessons come through the tough moments, the ditches that you have to you find know. yourself at the bottom of and dig your way out of. And I've I've found it so fascinating talking to you all today because we all met when we had hip bones and cheekbones, and, you know, life was good. Life was so good. You know, we were on and off planes and, yeah, I mean, we rinsed the 90s and we we got so much from it, all of us collectively, professionally and personally, Mm -hmm. But to sit down and talk to you almost a quarter of a century on from that and say, how are you doing? And to hear all of this come back is is just wonderful. And you're here because you put yourselves here and you deserve to be here because you learned and you evolved and you challenged and you kept going. And that's amazing. And it's it's so lovely to see and so lovely to hear. I feel quite emotional uh, listening. I think we need to do a
1: cheers, cheers to everybody.
0: Yes, (laughs) that deserves a cheers. Thank you you for having us. Oh, and it's um, see, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna book a ticket and I'm gonna come and dance all night and I'm gonna use my handology because I still remember some of it (laughs) and 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 just keep going and and because you know what, what you do makes people feel good and. You are musical Prozac. That's a lovely thing to be. I love musical that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want that for the tour poster or for the brochure? Do they still do oh, groceries? Right. <laughs> oh, thank you so much yeah. for having us, Kate. Thanks to the team. Please yeah, you give your family my love, Claire. Big love to I you, will Reese. Do. Thank Faye, you. So good to see you. So happy. And Lee, stop eating protein bars. Have a burger for Christ's sake. No, <laughs> it does. It does. Just for you. Fine. Yeah, yes, the burger, but no bun, I bet. No bun. No, I've seen him.
4: <laughs> 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 thank, oh, thank you, you for everybody. your time it and nice your to see patience. You all.
0: That's it for this week. White One Question Time, as always, is produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Richard Hatherall for Yahoo UK. Editing is by Callum Goddard-Mocklow, who's really going to have his work cut out for him this week. (laughs) As always, our music is provided by Andy Bell, and his back catalogue with Oasis, Ride, and his solo material are available on Spotify and iTunes. If you do have the time and you can be bothered, we'd really appreciate it if you could find a moment to go and rate and review us. It really does help other people to find and discover the show. I'll be back next week with more brilliant guests. And until then, stay safe and try to do as we always do. And please drink responsibly.